Hello, Insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Wherever you may be, this is your host, Bruce Ash, along with co-host... Ed Wilkinson. Broadcasting live from the modern KVOI broadcast complex in Tucson, Arizona, and welcoming you to a special edition of Inside Track. Eb? Hey, thanks for joining us this afternoon. We welcome your calls today on the Tucson Iron and Steel Surplus Live Line at 790-2040. Before we get going, let's remind you of uh, the sponsors that allow this show to take place. Jamie and Gary Kipper from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Their junk is your treasure. Call Jamie or Craig at 209-1576. Also, Eric Rudin at Essential Pest who shares your dislike of bugs, vermin, and weeds, call the Essential Team at 886-3029. And absolutely remember Joy and Allie at Corazon Cabinets, high-quality cabinets for your home that you'll love at a price you can afford. Call the Corazon Kids at 488-2266. Also supporting Inside Track is my friend and Inside Track co-host, Eb Wilkinson, from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Let Eb be... <laughs> Let Eb help you so you never have to depend on Socialist Security. Call him today or Monday, uh, probably better, at 777-1911. As a reminder, all of our sponsors are locally owned, family-run businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do, so should you. Hey, Bruce, we've got a great show lined up this afternoon. Our first guest in studio live, Robin Stoddard from Wright Flight. Today we'll be talking about the vulnerable... The, the venerable. venerable A-10, <laughs> the venerable A-10, and some fun facts about Wright Flight's training program for kids. Also, Heritage Fellow and author Mike Gonzalez joins us after the first break to talk about his book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. His book is going to blow your mind. And at the bottom of the hour break, Bruce and I continue the spotlight of candidates in the 2022 Republican primary, Army veteran and Bronze Star recipient Walt Blackman, GOP primary candidate for Congress will close out the show. So fasten your seatbelts. Let's get right to it. Eb and I are pleased to welcome old friend Robin Stoddard from Wright Flight. He does great work helping kids to learn how to fly. And actually, you know, our, our son, uh, Mike, participated in the program about a thousand years ago. <laughs> okay. And I think as much as anything else, uh, of course, he remembers, you know, the experience. But it was a great confidence builder. And that is part of the whole re rationale for Wright Flight, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, we had uh, nine kids fly this morning. Uh, out of a school, 90 kids started. Only 11 earned the right to fly because you have to earn it. And it's great for those kids. Now, some schools, maybe 70 or 80% will earn the right. But if you earn the right to fly an airplane, you actually fly it. So we had some 11-year-olds uh, flying airplanes over Tucson today at about 150 miles an hour for your viewers. Uh, it changes them. Their, their parents come up to me sometimes with tears in their eyes. You've changed My kid changed in nine weeks because of right flight. Yeah, it's such a great story, and Mike and Mike so enjoyed it, and uh, he's been an aviation fan ever since. Yeah, well, we try to get the kids, uh, they have to learn about the history of aviation. You know, the Wright brothers, or Jimmy Doolittle, came from a broken home. Uh, the Tuskegee Airmen had to overcome hurdles to become pilots, so there's no victims in Wright Flight. To be a pilot, you can't be a victim, and we have an entire culture that wants to victimize everybody. Well, these kids, whether they're tall, short, thin, black, uh, Hispanic, white, they know if they can pilot, they can overcome anything. And that's what we do in Wright Flight. 
So how do people support Right Flight? How do kids get into Right Flight? We uh, have a website, of course, rightflight.org. Uh, we're in over 30 schools in the local area. That includes home schools, charter schools, public schools. Uh, we just had uh, an award from Sunnyside School District. Elvira uh, Elementary School is one of only 15 out of 400 top A-plus schools in uh, Arizona. And the principal uh, says Right Flight is one of the biggest focus factors of their schools. 90-plus percent Hispanic, but the kids love the chance to fly. How long have you been doing this? Uh, since 1986. Uh, <laughs> I think I met you a few years after that, Eb. But, uh, yeah, not too many years yeah, after that. Yeah, so uh, it's been a while, but we have a great team of volunteers. Today, we had more volunteers at the fly day helping these kids than we had kids flying. It's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Says a lot about the program. It does, and the, and the volunteers look forward to it, too, because they see these kids that are uh, obviously, we say it's okay to be nervous, but you can't be scared. Yeah. And that changes them. So you can be nervous in the airplane, but you can't be scared. But when they come back, some of them are literally walking a, a foot off the ground because they're so proud that they just flew an airplane over Tucson, Arizona. So are you used to flying high-performance uh, aircraft? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, these kids are flying what? They're flying mostly Cessnas and Moonies and Cherokees. So they're uh, you know 120 <laughs> to 160 knots. But when you tell a kid that uh, he just flew 150 miles an hour, you know, it, it changes their Just whole so life. they don't do that in a drag race on, <laughs> on South Cold Road or anything. Right, yeah, we, uh, we try to keep that away. And uh, we have an F, actual FAA certified flight profile, so the, the, uh, they're always tracked by the FAA as we get airborne uh, for safety reasons. The local tower helps us out. So our guest in the second half of the show, I think, uh, uh, Walt Blackman, running for Congress, uh, is a Bronze Star recipient. Uh, you have also been uh, awarded the Bronze Star. Um, what were the circumstances of your... Uh, oh, well, thanks for asking. Yeah, um, I was in Afghanistan in 2002, just a few months after we had taken over the country, and I was attached to a, a group of rangers and special forces to go into the middle of the country to uh, identify if there was uh, collateral damage issues with uh, an airstrike. And uh, I found uh, absolving evidence for the air crews that... Uh, we found out the Taliban were planting information or false information for uh, our air crews saying that they had killed the civilians and stuff like that. And I, as a Russian threat instructor, I was familiar with all the Russian calibers of weapons. And I found the shell casings that proved that uh, our air crew did not uh, do what the Taliban had claimed they had done. I actually met in the presidential palace with Karzai and, and handed over him the evidence uh, personally and... Uh, it helped save a situation that could have been a lot worse for the United States. It saved a bunch of American lives as well. Well, in the long run, uh, and and and, uh, and also investigations and and you know, American pilots' lives or other people's lives are ruined when they're accused of war crimes. You know, so and, so there's lots of talk now about war crimes going on in Ukraine. Um, when you hear those claims, what are your thoughts, having gone through that same experience yourself on the sort of on the absolution side, as you said? Well, when I look at the evidence online, I see that there is uh, it's obvious uh, the Russians, members of the Russian military are committing war crimes. And it, it's very sad. Uh, but, you know, you have desperate people in desperate situations. In the case of the Russian military, it seems like uh, maybe out of ammo, out of food, out of fuel and they're told to do things from people you know, 500 miles away in air-conditioned offices that they can't literally do. And then 
the Ukrainians, God bless them, are putting up a stiff defense that has, I think, made a lot of people in the free world proud and even brought the you know NATO alliance back together stronger than it was, you know, even a year Bringing ago. two more countries to want to join it, Sweden and Finland. That's right. And Finland had a, uh, as, as you know, Eb, a, a war with uh, Russia before World War II. And the Russo-Finnish War. Yeah. Russians got their butts handed to them. They sure did. You know, attacking in winter. They didn't know how to ski. That's all the Finns did <laughs> yeah. was ski. Well, and they just, and they, you stop the tank in the front of the column and the tank in the rear of the column. And then you just start taking it apart. That's right. Yeah. And the Finns uh, had the, some of the best snipers in the world and the, guess, the best uh, people on skis. And uh, literally, they stopped an entire Russian army for several months, but then finally got overwhelmed and they had to cede some of their territory to Russia, which Russia still has. <laughs> I was over in Finland in the uh, late 90s, and the joke there was, a, hey, Uli, why are you pouring oil on the flowers? And the answer was, to keep them from rusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the Ukrainians are saying, uh, if, if you stay here to the Russians, you're going to become fertilizer. You know, and that's So real quick, before mm-hmm. we have to wrap up for today, uh, mm-hmm. Robin, um, nobody's saying that there will be uh, U.S. Air Force personnel who have to fly uh, in Ukraine, we hope that never happens. Uh, however, uh, if they do, you're part of a programming sort of a, a, a part of a. I'm part of training that, that we're doing right now. We're conducting yeah. at Davis Monthan Air Force Base, and we have pilots here, and we and the program was set up at Davis Monthan. Pilots here are flying over Ukraine in the simulators, and they're also using our our programs from Davis Monthan to train joint terminal attack controllers all over America. So we're, we're coming up with the scenarios that if it happens, we want our guys to be trained. Just like before they went to Afghanistan, they got to fly over the whole country in the simulator so right. they knew the landmarks. Right. So that helps. All right. Well, uh, that is it for, for today. Yeah. We'll probably have you back to talk about right flight uh, sometime this summer. We tried to get you on yeah. earlier and we didn't connect. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for everything you're doing uh, for right flight You're doing a great and, job. and, and well, for the children here in this in this uh, city. Yeah, and if any pilots or volunteers want to help out and, and help kids fly, uh, rightflight.org, just check in on us. Sure appreciate it, Bruce and Eb. Sure appreciate being here. All right, you're listening to Inside Track. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Heritage Fellow and author of BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revol- uh, Revolution, blah, 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 Mike Gonzalez. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to tucsonironretail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? 
none of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh, essential pest control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. We welcome your calls and comments on the Tucson Iron and Steel Surplus Live Line at 790-2040. Our show is always made better with your calls. Our guest until the bottom of the hour is Heritage Fellow and author Mike Gonzalez. I think Mike was on our show about a year and a half ago. He has a new book out called BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution, published by Encounter Books. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's a, uh, entirely my uh, pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me on. Hey, Bruce and I think you can normally judge an author uh, by the work, uh, by his work, uh, and the praise coming from those who res- respect. Uh, here's what Victor David Hansen said about Mike's new book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. Mike Gonzalez shows why Americans must take seriously the architects of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the critical race theory. He systematically reveals how these Marxists seek to transform America into something unimagined by the founders and unrecognizable to most Americans today. His diagnosis of the threat is superbly argued and his wake-up call sorely needed. Hey, Mike, that's high praise. Uh, yeah, and I was very uh, thankful that Victor uh, did that. And, uh, you know, he's right in that, not in the, the nice things he said about me, he's just being nice there, but that BLM it really is changing, and if left, uh, if we don't pay attention to this, it will change the face of America. I would say they already changed the face of America. We can, it's not, you know, it's not permanent. We can change it back. But look, since 2020, since since 2014, the the, the first emergency in 13 uh, in the Trayvon Martin uh, shooting and the the, 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 the the acquittal of George Zimmerman. Then in 14, they got all this, uh, you know, doing the, the the Michael Brown killing. They they really got political muscle when they called all the all the communist groups to to Ferguson, Missouri. But it's really 2020 when it explodes, right? When they, they seize upon these nine harrowing minutes uh, video of this man dying, uh, and, and they they transform the country. They they launch hundreds of riots, thousands of protests, and and now we are fighting with with Marxist training in our schools, Marxist trainings in our offices. You know the Maoist uh, struggle sessions everywhere. The military, the church, even the sports leagues. There's no escape, and what it aims to do. Is change transforming America, right? And it's by the way, I should say very briefly, uh, I had take no issue with the concept. I embrace the concept of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter to me. I don't say all lives matter. I say Black Lives Matter. Of course, uh, all lives obviously matter. I know that, but it's important to affirm to our uh, black compatriots that their lives matter to us, right? But it's the organizations and the leaders, the people who created the organizations. And I have to tell you, they're fanatical Marxists who tell us they want to change society. 
Well, let's let's hit on that. Uh, tell us how these BLM Global Network Foundations founders were trained by the Marxist theoreticians on how to overthrow the American system. So, I mean, they just didn't that. randomly make this stuff up. No, no. So Alicia Garza cut her political teeth in the school of, of unity and liberation, Soul, which was founded uh, by uh, uh, Harmony Goldberg. Harmony Goldberg is a cultural anthropologist who also happens to be an expert on Gramsci. Uh, and who's Antonio Gramsci, you might say? Antonio Gramsci is the, the founder of Italy's Communist Party in the 20s, probably the most influential philosopher of the 20th and 21st century, who, who is the one that says, well, in, in societies where, where civil society is strong, we cannot, revolution is not going to overthrow the country. Violent revolution, the violent revolution that Marx calls for in the manifesto is not going to do it. It can do it in Russia in, in 1917, but not in countries with, with strong civil society. There, we have to infiltrate society, take over the culture, uh, indoctrinate people, tell them that the country is no good, that the system is oppressive, and that it needs to be overthrown. So she is reared in that. Uh, and that's Alicia Garza. Patrice Coulors is trained for 10 years, 10 years before BLM was created in the Labor Community Strategy Center set up by Eric Mann. Eric Mann is a former member of the Weather Underground. Yes, that same Weather Underground wow. organization that the FBI wow. said was a terrorist organization. Eric Mann spent time in prison. When he when he spr- when he sprung out, he he created the Labor Community Strategy Center in Los Angeles, <clears throat> precisely to do that. He calls America the most oppressive society on earth, and says it needs to be overthrown. And you, you need people need to be trained on how to overthrow it. He says in his book, a book he wrote in 2011, well before BLM was created, he said he 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 that that, that he um, went out and got. Uh, Patrice Coulers, uh, that 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 he, and then he trained her for ten years. Uh, so this this is the background, right? This is the background. Uh, it's all there. I'm not making it up. People can read it. Uh, you can read it from Eric Mann's book. They can Google Harmony Goldberg. They can Google what they say. They can Google what Patrice Coulers and Alicia Garza say, and Paul Tometi and 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 Melina Abdullah. Uh, none of this stuff is made up by me or anybody else. So I do have another question. Why has the left media, the left side of media, done so much to cover this up? And, uh, you know, all the acts that the BLM founders have done, you know, like the, the uh, donor dollars and enriching their lifestyles. Why is the left so adamantly supporting this group? There's, I think there's a variety of explanations. One is white guilt. Uh, which has been utilized by people who want to change our country, and the guilt is there, right? Bad stuff happened. I mean, you know, black Americans were enslaved for, for centuries. Then for 100 years, they were uh, segregated, uh, you know, during the, the Plessy era, uh, they were, the Jim Crow, Jim Crow laws. You know, people feel a, a hanging guilt about this, which is understandable, but what they should not do is destroy the country over the guilt. The guilt cannot be manipulated in this way. There's also people who agree with them. There, you know, there's a lot of leftists in the media. People who say, well, yeah, America is a bad place. You know, we should dismantle America and create something new. 
Um, and there are people who are just dumb. Yeah, I was a journalist for 20 years. A lot of my friends are journalists. Uh, there's a lot of dumb journalists, people who are not very thoughtful, not very reflective. Mike, thanks for joining us again. This is Bruce Ash. I think I read somewhere, correct me if I'm wrong, that Amazon at one time actually refused to run ads in advance of your book release. Is that correct, or, or am I making that up? No, Amazon canceled the ads for my book. Amazon said to me when the book came out, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution, in September, they said, uh, well, uh, well, your book it deals with the issues that are debated. Not debatable. Not debatable, And so I just mocked them. I wrote a, a, a column for the New York Post. And I said, are you kidding me? I write about, about public policy. We live in a democracy. We need to debate, you know, public issues. Public policy needs to be debated. That's what we do. Uh, that's what we should do anyway. Um, and, and, and Heritage lots the complaints, right? right. So, so then they, uh, to their credit, they backtracked. They apologized and said, look, this was human error. They didn't blame it on uh, some faceless algorithm. They owned up to it. They said, you know, this, is, this, is, this was human error. We're going to try to correct this human error. We're going to try to, uh, uh, but in the meantime, the, the, bans, the bans on your books, uh, on, the, on, the, on the ads for your books are, are listed. If at the end of the day, Mike, the, the goal of BLM, Antifa, the Biden administration, and the CRT folks is to fundamentally transform America. What does America look like if they are successful? And also, who would that benefit? Because I think a lot of people are asking that question when they see these destructive things that are going on. So to, to take the second part of your question first, uh, Alicia Garza is very forthright about power. She gave a, a talk in Maine in 2019, I, I cited in my book, in which she said power is about who makes decisions. And if she wants her to, to make decisions, she wants her side to make decisions. She says the decisions are who gets resources, who gets hired, etc. cetera. Um, but to your first question is what kind of society we would get the, the, the manifesto, no communist has ever come, you know, come clean and said, this is what we want to put in place. They're very coy about uh, what, um, what exactly it would look like, right? They, never, they, they destroy the society that exists. They don't describe the society that would create. We do know from the record, however, that it is destruction, that everything ends in, in, in the gulag. Marx says this in the manifesto. He says, when we start taking people's property away, there's going to be resistance, so the government will need despotic inroads. That's the word in the English translation of the manifesto, despotic inroads. So he understands there must be despotism. He also says, a couple of years earlier, he says there's a need for state terror. He uses those terms. Lenin, his practitioner, in, 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 in when he creates the Soviet Union, he also uses state terror. So this is what we know happens because the, the, the creators the, the, of the theory and the implementers of the theory have all been very open about it. Uh, and we know what is produced. What is produced is not bread, it's bread lines. Hmm. Communism is destructive of everything. It kills 
not just the economy, it kills men's souls. And yet, yet we have people in this country now who are transforming it who want to implement it here. Now, Eb and I know, I think we all know, that Wikipedia is an unbiased source for information. Right, Mike? <laughs> I have a bridge in Brooklyn, by the way, yeah. that look, after this interview, I, we, we'd like to discuss with you. Look how Wikipedia describes BLM's work. Black Lives Matter protests have been overwhelmingly peaceful. When violence does occur, it is often committed by the police or by counter-protesters. Despite this, opponents have falsely portrayed the movement as violent. Who can seriously believe, Mike, what is written about BLM? And why would anyone not believe what they saw with their own eyes on TV screens? It's just astonishing. Now, the U.S. Crisis Monitor which is an entity based in Princeton. Uh, so Princeton, not a, not a right-wing organization. Uh, the U.S. Crisis Monitor, very sympathetic to BLM. It said in its report in 2020, it is true, most of, most of the protests were peaceful, but we had 12,000 protests. A small percentage of that is a lot. So he's, they coded 633 events as riots. That's a lot of riots. No kidding. Did you just say 633 events were riots? Yes, yes. 633 coded as riots wow. by, by the U.S. Crisis Monitor. It was the costliest civil disturbance in U.S. history by far. Yeah. It cost between $1 and $2 billion in damage. Uh, it also was the, the, the deadliest. We found out afterwards that the homicide spike uh, in 2020 was 30%, by far the highest spike ever in the history of the country. The, 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 the second highest spike, the, the highest spike before that was 1968, another politically charged year, and it only grew by 12% the, the murders, right? Mm. So we had a lot of extra murders in 2020 because of something called the Ferguson effect. Right. The Ferguson effect is, you know, when police, they, they have done studies on this, Police pull back. They're less proactive in cities and places sure. where Black Lives Matter has, has created mayhem. Exactly the place where they need to be uh, more proactive. So why exactly. hasn't why hasn't there, Mike, been serious criminal investigation and, prosti- and prosecution of the organizers of these so-called peaceful demonstrations or even criminal fraud uh, for their questionable, this is, you know, the, the founders, their questionable ac- acquisitions of property like the Canadian Communist Party headquarters in Toronto using BLM dollars, or, or, I mean, they extorted uh, this from uh, major corporate heads and even all the professional sports leagues. Isn't it odd that the DNC mafia law firm, Perkins Coie, also represents the insurrectionists and fraudsters at BLM? Not only that, that law firm that was the, the LLC where the mansion they bought in Southern California that they paid $6 million for. It, it, the property of that, of that uh, mansion was transferred to an LLC, LLC you know, uh, set up by that law firm. And Mark Elias is now apparently working for BLM GNF, which is really what we're talking about here. We're not talking about the concept or the movement. We're talking about the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the mothership, right? When you Google BLM, when you Google Black Lives Matter, Google takes you to BLM GNF. 
Yeah, I would remind our listeners, Eb, Eb has another question here in a second. I would remind all of our listeners that when you go to the um, uh, BLM website in 2020 election, it took you right to Act Blue, which was the online uh, fundraising apparatus for the Democratic Party. Eb, go ahead. Yeah, hey, we're talking with Mike Gonzalez about his new book. Hey, you write that BLM's founders are radical Marxists who express whose their express goal is to dismantle America, especially the nuclear family. Talk to us about the weird anti-family platform BLM is also built on. So, again, you know, these are well-trained individuals. All of this goes back to Marx. Marx had in the manifesto abolish the family. And every communist since then has tried to destroy the family, whether it's George Lukacs or Marcuse, why? The family is the key institution that stands in the way of, of totalizing control, right? They need to first get rid of the family. So, of course, yes, BLM, good communists as they are, had a line in their 13 points of uh, ideas. One of them was to destroy the, I think it was called the Western-oriented nuclear family. And when I wrote about it, uh, me and Annual Livastro, a, a colleague of mine at Heritage uh, uh, from the New York Post, it got a lot of attention. That piece on the Heritage Foundation website alone got a million readers, probably a lot more on the New York Post. And within two months, they had good communists that they are again. They had cleansed their website of, this, uh, of, of these ideas. But, of course, they're shoddy as well because they left them on the BLM-GNF uh, affiliate in Los Angeles, and they left it in BLM at schools which is the, the affiliate that does curriculum for the country's 14,000 school districts. Hey, uh, we've got about one and a half minutes left. Question, to accomplish what the BLM did after George Floyd's death took significant organizational muscle, how's the BLM managed to get into the classroom, into the institutions, corporations, and cultures, and how much of that was with a little help from their friends? Because it has set up, I mean, they had been going since... 13. They had a blueprint since 14. Uh, the, the studies have been done shows that uh, uh, terms like white supremacy, white privilege, all this stuff like shot up <clears throat> dramatically in the New York Post, sorry, not the New York Post, the New York Times, the Washington Post, etc. After 2014, the ground was seeded. Uh, for many decades now, schools of education have been uh, madrasas that teach Marxism, the, the most often used textbook in schools of ed is, is, is a book by a, a Brazilian Maoist called, uh, um, uh, uh, I forget his last name, is Freire. Uh, and, and the book is called Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Uh, and it, it's just a blueprint for revolution. That is the textbook that is used in schools of ed, Paulo Freire. Paulo Freire. Um, so, this is this is a uh, we're writing a paper on this. This is something that has taken decades to build up. Uh, the, 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 the communist, the new Marxist infrastructure in all the cultural institutions of society. Uh, first and foremost, you know, the, uh, the, the academy. Mike Gonzalez, get his book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. Thanks for joining us today. Mike, I want you to come back again later this summer to talk about how we get the genie back in the bottle. And when we return, Walt Blackman, GOP primary candidate in the August primary for Congress, joins us. You're listening to Inside Track. Eb and I will return in about 90 seconds. 
Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing. And then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through. But that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house. We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Before we welcome GOP candidate for Congress and CD2, Walt Blackman, let me remind all of our listeners, if you have a question or comment for our guest, please call into the Tucson Iron and Steel Surplus Live Line at 790-2040. We are pleased to welcome back to the show Walt Blackman. He's a two-term Arizona legislature and 21-year Army veteran, Bronze Star recipient. Walt Blackman, thanks for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, your website says you have driven over 12,000 miles in your campaign. I love how you're changing it as, as you drive more. Tell us what your potential constituents are saying the most these days about what's important to them. Well, what's important to Congressional District 2 and the constituents here, particularly water, water has always been an issue in Arizona. Um, and then also our forestry issue. So, you know, we've just had a, a fire up in our Coconino uh, County area, yep. which is the Thomas pretty Fire. Serious. And pretty serious. Over 20,000 acres uh, was burned. And that's an issue. And that just comes down to uh, Arizona being able to manage their forestry and getting the federal government out of the way uh, so Arizona can do it better. And that's one of the reasons why I'm also running for Congress, so I can – uh, stand in between um, our our constituents here in Arizona and the federal government. Another big issue here in uh, rural Arizona is Internet infrastructure, uh, particularly up north. As you know, with the COVID, our kids had to go to school um, at home and in some areas, particularly on the Navajo Nation, the Apache Nation, the Internet uh, conductivity is uh, poor, poor at best. Yes. So we're, we're, we're working um, with uh, private organizations uh, to 
find grants and state dollars uh, to put that uh, money towards improving our internet. So while, you know, these are issues that Rick Renzi focused on in the uh, early 2000s, I think in 2002 through 2006, and unfortunately we're still not uh, where they need to be, I'm glad that you're focused on this. Let me let me talk about the situation at our border, which I think is awful, yeah. despite Secretary Mayorkas insisting the federal government has operational control. Now, I'm a civilian, yeah. and uh, it looks pretty screwed up to me. You were a distinguished yep. tank man in the U.S. Army. You fought in Fallujah. Uh, you've been decorated for your service. Uh, you'd be in a much better position to assess the situation than me or Secretary Mayorkas. What is your assessment of the border today? Well, first of all, um, I think that we're missing the bigger picture here. We got a weak administration, and we saw what he did in Afghanistan. So this is the same guy that's saying that he can protect us at our border. And we all know that that's not true. Title 42, they're still grappling with that. That's going to open up our southern borders just to anyone and everyone. And that anyone is going to be folks coming from some of these countries that don't like us particularly too much, particularly those folks that are the Taliban, that may be insurgents coming from Afghanistan or some of these countries that don't like us too much. That's the, that's the big issue that we need to look at. Um, this guy is not going to protect us. You know, uh, being around the world in the military, we're the only country in the world that allows people just to walk through uh, the front door, the back door, climb through the window, and then we have to pay for them while they're here. Right. That's not right for American taxpayers. We need uh, border security, and we need folks down there uh, to be able to get the resources that they need, law enforcement, National Guard, and states, and protect our southern borders. This guy is just going to set us up for failure. It's a clear and present danger. And uh, it's, it's really time for him to get out of that uh, Oval Office. So let me talk to you a little about uh, Title 42. Then Ab has some uh, good questions to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people are con- they're focusing on Title 42 if it's lifted next month. Um, look, while most people are counting on the president to protect the border, I don't, I'm not sure the Title 42, which is really just a, a closing of the border due to the health emergency, that's not the real mm-hmm. answer. The real answer no. is, remo- is returning to President's Trump, uh, President Trump's remain in Mexico policy, don't you think? Exactly. Exactly. You nailed it right on the head. And, and we, we, need to do, we, we need to do exactly everything he did while he was in office protecting the border. When these folks come across, or when they came across under the Trump administration, they did a turnaround. They, they crossed the border, they caught him at the border, they turned him right around. They processed him, got their ID, uh, found out who they were, and then sent them back home. They didn't keep them over here for months and, and, and years uh, to, to, to go to a court date that they were never going to show up at. So um, the Title 42 is, you're exactly right, it, 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 it doesn't do everything that it's uh, supposed to. We need to go back to the Trump administration's policy and just shut down the border completely. So do you consider yourself a pro-America first uh, proponent? Absolutely. I'm actually a pro, uh, an American first candidate. You know, we've got to put our country first. We haven't done that. We did that during the Trump administration. Uh, we didn't do it, of course, during the failed Obama administration and and some of these other folks that uh, that were in office. But we need to put our citizens first. We need to put Americans first, and and we haven't done that for a long time, uh, excluding uh, President Trump. But we need to get back to that. And this could be a a, a one word answer, 
or not. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, one of your, hopefully one of your colleagues in the U.S. Congress, uh, if if we do win this seat, is Andy Biggs. Uh, Representative yes. Biggs has uh, offered a resolution to impeach um, Secretary Mayorkas. Um, yes. And I have to ask you, of course, it won't happen unless we win over control of Congress. Would you support a resolution of impeachment for Secretary Mayorkas, given the fact that a lot of people think that these are not um, mistakes of, um, of of omission, they're mistakes or acts of commission in terms of yeah. what's happened at the border? Absolutely. I, I support that 100% of that resolution, and I want to go a step further. I'm asking to be put on the uh, Judiciary Committee so I can bring impeachment charges against uh, Biden. Uh, because I think it needs to start there, too. Um, and there are a lot of other folks in this administration uh, that need uh, to go. However, I support uh, Congressman Biggs' uh, uh, resolution, and I want I to take it a step further and, and bring impeachment charges against uh, President Biden. Hmm. Well, I agree with you there, too. Uh, Walt, you and I both are pro-life from birth until, la- uh, birth until death. Like yes, me, sir. you're also against capital punishment. I'm against capital yes, punishment because in Jewish law it is prohibited. But mm-hmm. tell our listeners why you are against the death penalty, because I think there's a lot of people yeah. who are pro-life, but they forget about the death penalty uh, as as mm-hmm. a end of life, no matter what the heinous crime has been uh, uh, committed. Can you talk yes, to us sir. about that? Yes, sir. Well, first of all, God is the only one that can give life and take life, not man. Uh, and it, it, it lays it out in the Bible. Uh, and we're, I'm a very religious person. Number two, as conservatives, we need to be consistent. If we are consistently saying that you cannot take life in the womb, you can't take life and infanticide, we shouldn't be saying and, and sponsoring uh, state-supported death penalties that taxpayers are going to have to pay for. Should the person be uh, in prison for the rest of their national, natural life, you're absolutely right. Um, however, being a religious person, um, I believe in uh, protecting life, at the beginning, and if a person is in prison and they are facing charges or there have been consequences with a long prison system, they should die in prison through the natural causes that God actually uh, steps in and, and puts his hand on. Make them think about it for the rest of their stinking lives. And- hey, Walt. Exactly. Exactly. We're giving them the easy way out when they do something like that. Put them in there so they can rot, and then let God handle it. That's, that's, my, that's my saying on it. Hey, Walt, uh, this is Eb. I would yes, have been sir. in the uh, Army, but apparently you had to read, so I ended up in the Marine Corps. Um, yeah. so. <laughs> well, you guys, you, guys, you guys look better in your uniforms than we did. So. The dress blues are awesome. That's, you know, <laughs> dress blues and chicks. <laughs> hey, um, and you don't, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. And you don't lose your figure either, so we do. Well, I, I, I work <laughs> Actually, out hard Eb, for that. Actually, Eb has kept his, his, uh, his Marine figure pretty well. Yeah, go ahead, Eb. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Walt, when my folks grew up... Uh, they grew up during the time of rationing and uh, ration coupons, everything yeah. from you know rations for salt, rations for sugar, rations for meat. Uh, and sure. I never thought that we would have a scarcity of food or other supplies in America, but food prices are soaring. I was at the grocery store today picking up stuff for tonight's dinner, and there yeah. are shelves that are just bare. We're missing sure. everything yeah. from cream cheese, of all things, you know, uh, coffee yep. prices have doubled, and some coffees just aren't there. Uh, there's, I opened up my TEP bill. I got my TEP bill today. It came in brown paper saying, due to the paper shortage, 
wow. uh, we're doing this. Now, I know for a fact that there's a coming paper shortage. There are a number of authors that I've talked to that have said their books are on hold for six months because they don't have the paper to print them on. So yes. if things don't improve on the border, there's going to be another 2 million-plus illegals entering America this year alone. How much more pressure is that going to put on uh, for food costs and security for uh, jobs for Americans? That's, that's going to really hurt us. Here, here's here's the, the, the overall issue. Uh, fuel prices drive everything. They drive the supply chain. They, they, they drive what prices are at the uh, grocery store, paper prices, because truckers have to bring that stuff to people, to cities and towns. If their fuel prices are skyrocketing, then it's going to be tougher for them to be able to put fuel in these trucks and transport the supplies. An easy fix to this is that we need to turn the, T, the Keystone Pipeline back on, start drilling for our own uh, oil here in the United States, and that is going to loosen up some of the supply issues that we have. And then we need to make sure that we have a good system at the ports to be able to get that stuff off the ships and then onto the trucks and then into the stores. Good answer. Um, another thing, Governor DeSantis uh, signed a bill to protect parents' rights against teachers and the unions who are essentially trying to groom our young kids, the K through third graders, with sexually, you know, explicit messaging without the parents' permission. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? They should go to jail. Teachers that do that should go to jail. Absolutely. In normal times, schools, that's exactly they, they what did, did happen. <laughs> exactly. If somebody is listen, I've got a thirteen-year-old that's that's get, uh, getting ready to get into high school uh, next year. If someone taught or was talking to my child about that that subject, okay, without my permission, uh, then there's going to be some slow singing and some flower bringing. Uh, to the school or teacher who did that. The problem is, is that the teachers, the establishment of the left, the leftists, they have begun or they think that we don't know what's best for our kids and that they ha have this right to in infect our children with these types of programs. Uh, so schools that do that, uh, realistically, I think they should lose some of their K-12 funding. Uh, if they if they're mandated not to do that in Arizona, we are working on laws to be able to prevent schools from doing that. And um, I've introduced uh, an amendment to do exactly that. If you if a school goes against what a parent wants, then guess what? That school loses some of their K through 12 funding because you, because the school is there for the kids and the parents. They're not there for the leftists that want to drive an agenda and brainwash our children. Would you vote to get rid of the uh, Department of Education? Absolutely. If you look in the Constitution, there's nowhere in the Constitution where it says we need Department of Education. It said states will, will, will educate their kids K through 12. So, so those dollars, those, those, those taxpayer dollars that are going to the Department of Education, how about we make sure that parents can keep more money in their pockets instead of sending it to the federal government for an agency that is broke and then brought nothing more than common core and comprehensive sex education to our classrooms. wonder how much money could be saved by getting rid of the Department of Education, all that leakage you know that I'm, takes place. You, you, that, that would be, that's a good question, and that's a, that's a good uh, uh, research uh, uh, for, me to, to, for me to look at. Um, but however, you know, any amount of money that we're saving taxpayers is good. And 
when we've got a, a, a system that is controlled uh, under a socialist agenda, like the U.S. Department of Education, and, and it's not called for in the Constitution, we need to do something like getting rid of that and then making sure that parents have more of a choice, have more rights, and able to keep more tax dollars in their pocket. Walt, I'm going to play something uh, for you and our listeners to listen to. Hang on. Yes. Wandering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine or when TikTok and... <laughs> Ab? I thought, it, I thought it was Mary Poppins at first. <laughs> wow. No, here, here's the bottom line, Walt. Free speech right now in America is under attack. In the past couple of yes. weeks, most Americans woke up to the TikTok tunes sang by that so-called Biden disinformation czar, Nina Jankowitz. Um, yes. you know, you know, so you've got Biden wanting to put in the political correctness office again. Uh, okay. If you're successful in becoming a member of Congress, what action would you take? in a GOP-controlled Congress to eliminate this agency and protect free speech? Well, first of all, that's building government. That's bigger government. We, if we're going to protect free speech, we need to do it the way the Constitution lays out. This political correctness office that they are trying to institute, or the Biden administration is, is digging into more taxpayer dollars, is a farce. It, uh, it's uncalled for, and it's not needed. If that thing goes into... Goes into um, operation before I get into Congress, I'm going to be one of the ones to try to, to, try to do away with It's that. in operation today, Walt. Yeah. We don't, we, don't need, we don't need a political correctness office. We don't need that. Why do we need... Why do we, so you're, you're going to, they're going to tell me how I can voice my opinion? I've fought for this country for 21 years to protect the First Amendment, just like you did as a Marine. So we don't need an office saying that you can only say A, B, C, but you can't say D because somebody's going to be offended. That's, that's, that's ludicrous and it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, it is an office, and we, we just need to, we need to do away with it. Yeah. Walt, we have three minutes left. Your website says we need, to, we need to improve access to care by expanding and investing in telehealth, tracking access to uh, care data, offering transportation to VA facilities, and focusing on groups with increased access to health care. Why yeah. does the federal government have such a bad record for supporting us veterans? Because, because the federal government shouldn't be in the business of taking care of veterans. It should go into the private industry. Because, uh, I mean, you, you've been to the VA, and you've been to the clinics, and you're either waiting, you're not getting your meds, uh, you don't have the right doctor. We need to be able to turn this more over to civilian contractors or practitioners, just like they do uh, TRICARE and TRICARE Prime for those members that have retired and have that option. I think if they do that, then we'll be able to take better care of our veterans. Uh, hey, another question real quick. You've done excellent work at the Arizona legislature to help decrease criminal recidivism. Talk Thank about you. your role to reduce crime and increase justice for all in Arizona and how that might translate if you do go to Congress. So uh, what, I've, what I've been doing is taking legislation like the, the bills you were talking about and trying to squeeze dollars out of the results. So the bill that I ran last year earned release credits for non-dangerous, non-violent, uh, uh, possession only, would have generated $480 million to Arizona. That $480 million would have gone back into law enforcement and would have gone back into uh, taxpayer dollars. 
What I want to do in D.C. is something similar that uh, Tim Scott is doing on his criminal justice reform. However, I want to take more of an approach of saving dollars, saving taxpayer dollars, and reducing recidivism and ensuring that these folks don't return to prison while keeping these folks that should be in prison in there for a very long time. I'll remind Walton, the listeners, even the Democrats uh, have fought against this. It's unbelievable. Walt Blackman, we've run out of time today. Give us your website information and tell our listeners how they can learn more about your campaign and send you money. Okay, they can go to www.blackmanforcongress.com. You spell out four, F-O-R. They go to that, they can get all the information, and they can get the contact. And please... I need dollars for the campaign, so thanks. Thanks, uh, Walt, for appearing on Inside Track with us today. And best. thanks for your service. Absolutely. You. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and your best years of service could be in front of you. You never know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to win this thing, and we're going to take back our, we're going to take back the House and the Senate. All right. Well, best of luck to you, and don't be a stranger as your campaign moves ahead. Insiders, yes, sir. Eb and I hope you enjoyed the show today with Walt Blackman, author Mike Gonzalez, and Robin Stoddard. It has flown past like it normally does. Our show is podcasted both on the KVOI website and on Apple Podcasts. About 125 Inside Track episodes are shown at Apple Podcasts. Until next week, when we have another great show planned, including Shauna Bollock, candidate for Arizona Secretary of State for Inside Track, this is Bruce Ash And Eb Wilkinson. Thanking you for listening today. We'll see you again in 167 hours. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street, open Monday through Saturday. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me. Eb Wilkinson at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com.